Welcome to the First Norn Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We are your Broncos beat reporters for the Denver Post, and it is Monday. It is game day, Ryan. We're in Oakland. The Broncos play. Are you excited? Bring me through this. Well, I think I'm more excited than Vic Fangio was on Saturday. He's like, all right, let's get this thing going. It's 1-16. Let's get it out of the way. Um, It feels like it's been a long time in the making. It feels like forever ago that training camp started. And now we're sitting here at the hotel in Oakland with kickoff hours away. We've had a chance to look at the other games on Sunday. And, you know, I think the big thing about week one, you know, stuff reveals itself. And, you know, you sort of have an idea, but you knew Dolphins were terrible. Not this terrible. Uh, you knew the Chiefs offense was probably going to be unstoppable, which they are. So, and we can, you know, we'll get into that later in the week when we, you know, uh, review the week one in full. But, you know, this is probably one of my favorite games of the year, and I say that every year because of the unscouted looks. You know, you know, Vic Fangio's got a lot of stuff ready. John Gruden, Rich Gangarello, Paul Gunther, all these play callers got something ready to go tonight. You know, there's a lot about the Broncos that we'll talk about and discuss with this game, but I think we'd be remiss not to at least start from the top and talk a little Antonio Brown. Booming Antonio Brown. No longer with the Raiders. We expected him to play in this game, if only just a couple days ago. Uh, Gets his release from Oakland, is now playing with the Patriots. Have you seen anything quite like this in your time covering the NFL? Just the way it was so public on social media with this breakup, and then for him just to you know land in, in what appears to be a perfect situation in New England. The last two parts is why is what I haven't seen before. Is I mean, let's face it, it looks like he engineered this so he could land in New England. I, mean, I expected I expected the Patriots to be players for him. I just didn't expect it to be four hours later. Um, this is a major subplot for this game because they are playing Brock, or else, or else, as I told somebody on Saturday. Big fella be tuning out of this one, you know, but this impacts what we've had to write over the last couple of days. And, you know, Friday when Gruden says before practice, uh, you know, Antonio is expected to play, I tweeted out a long way till Monday night. Very premonition. I didn't expect a release. I expected, hey, maybe there could be another thing where they ends up being suspended. But this is a big blow for the Raiders because this offense in the passing game particularly was going to go through Antonio Brown. That's why he got. That's why they got him. He's one of the top two or three or four receivers in pro football. Now the challenge for the Broncos is don't take a breath. You know, these guys, Tyrell Williams, former Charger, they're aware of him. Hunter Renfro working out of the slots, a rookie. Uh, J.J. Nelson, Arizona, sort of a speed guy. So, I mean, they still have some weapons, but – you know, if you're the Broncos, and Josie Jewell was like the first guy, the only guy to admit it on Saturday, hey, we're preparing. Part of it was he's going to play. The other part of it is he won smart on the coaching staff's part, and uh, I think the Broncos will still be ready. But it's going to be interesting to see where this Raider offense goes through. I think it goes through Josh Jacobs, now the rookie back. You mentioned that. I'll bring it up. But, yeah, Josh Jacobs really could be the linchpin of this group he's a rookie so we don't know what to expect but was kind of a a bell cow back at Alabama who didn't necessarily take all the carries that some of his predecessors have those backs just get beaten to to junk it seems like but here's a guy who's was prolific as a pass catcher out of the background can run north to south and be physical was he as impressive as any running back that you saw in this class well it's almost like you know less work more value and that's sort of the way it's gone right now and I think you know, the Raiders had the luxury of taking it back late in the first round because he was their third first-round pick. They took, uh, you know, Cleveland Farrell from Clemson early and Jonathan Abram, the safety, a little later in the first round. 
you know, from the Raiders' standpoint, hey, this guy should be fresh. What pops out is his yards per carry. He is a home run hitter. Does that translate to the NFL? And also, you know, the ability to catch it out of the backfield. I think he's going to be used that way because those are some free touches. You know, I'll segue to the other running back in this game, Philip Lindsay. And I'll tee you up on this because one thing we saw during the open training camp practices was Philip Lindsay motioning outside, trying to get him up against the linebacker. Rich Gangarello has talked about that. You visited with number 30 this week. Uh, what's what's Lindsay's excitement level, mindset, et cetera, et cetera, going into week one? You know, it's what you would expect from a guy who's really been a fireball on this team since he was a rookie in terms of his emotional energy and, and a little bit of his leadership on the field. But, yeah, the, the fact that here's a guy who's coming back to the Oakland Coliseum for the first time since fracturing his wrist on Christmas Eve, it was a long rehab. Phil is a guy who's endured some injuries at his time as CU, but to deal with something like this late in the year to put his – Pro Bowl participation a little bit in jeopardy. You know, it was tough, I think, for him to to go through all this time to, to work himself back. But in this offense, as you mentioned, Rich Gangarello just loves the, the different options that he has with Phil, getting him out in space. And a lot of what my story in Sunday's uh, Denver Post goes into. Monday. Monday, Monday. Yes. Today. Yeah, Monday, yes. Uh, Monday's Denver Post uh, is looking at how they're going to get him in space. And a little of that being this zone run blocking scheme where the Broncos offensive linemen are going to have to work last laterally in unison, getting out on the edge, getting out in space, taking on defenders as they come, and really allowing Phil to kind of pick and choose his lanes. I mean, is that essentially what you expect to see uh, out of this zone read uh, yeah, offense? Yeah, you know, going into last year, I thought that would be he would be a guy that did his best work on the edge. Well, it turns out he was pretty good between the tackles, too. Dalton Reiser is going to be key at left guard. Jawan James at right tackle, another newcomer, is going to be key. In this blocking scheme, tight end's got a block. So that's Jeff Hireman. That's Noah Fant. That's Troy Fumagalli. And then at fullback, Andrew Beck just got into town. So I think there's a lot of working parts here. I think the run game takes a little time to get going because there just hasn't been a lot of game reps for anybody. Um, you know, you saw that Thursday night in the Bear-Packer game. Neither team could run it for anything. So I think um, the last point on Lindsey is it's going to be interesting to see his usage. Um, what did they think of Royce Freeman? He had that 50-yard run against Seattle preseason. Did they put them both on the field at the same time? I like that look. Gives you some options there because most of the time, if you're Philip Lindsay motion and out, it's an empty backfield, lots of pass. I put them both back there, keep Royce at the tailback, and then at least at least give the defense a little bit to think about. And I think that may be one of the wrinkles we start seeing uh, Monday night. Getting to see Philip Lindsay, obviously a huge storyline in this game, what he's going to do with his second NFL season. Uh, but Joe Flacco, the first time we get to see him operate this offense in full outside of a few preseason drives. We know what to expect because we've seen this guy play throughout his career, Ryan, but mid-30s, new team, new offense. Is there, are there going to be some roadblocks, you think, early on? You, you mentioned the run game might struggle. Well, Flacco hasn't gotten that much work either. Will it be a bit of a process, you think, going into this game where, where he catches a rhythm? Well, if we were to tape this Saturday, I'd say, okay, the, the Thursday night game is maybe a precursor for all these quarterbacks, but it just depends, I think, who you're facing. You know, one thing, he's faced Paul Gunther a ton when Gunther was the Bengals' defensive coordinator. Joe was in Baltimore. So they're expecting some pressure. The Raiders were last in the league in sacks last year, 13. That's like Not they're good. like a dozen less than anybody else. Not only were they bad, they were super bad. Great movie, by the way, about 10 years ago. Um, so I think the Raiders and the home crowd, I think they're going to try and send some pressure to get the crowd going, throw the Broncos into some third and long, and take away that running game. 
by which the Broncos want to base their offensive game plan on. So, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously the stage won't be too big for Joe Flacco. I look for him to maybe throw some short passes early because it's important to get in a rhythm so you can stay in a rhythm. Um, if you're going three and out, three and out, turnover, there's there's not much going on. So, you know, uh, uh, if you're a Bronco fan, you should be looking forward to see what Flacco can do. All right, let's kind of wrap it up on this with some predictions, Ryan. Uh, I will uh, provide my own prediction here first. I believe in the newspaper I've got the Broncos winning this by a three points. Uh, Brandon McManus' field goal as time expires. killing me on that prediction, but not the score, the manner. <laughs> okay. I want to be able to file that thing for the paper. <laughs> That's true. That would be tough for you. Get my tape recorder together and go downstairs and like uh, just say, here's what's going on. But So you got 23-20 Yeah, Broncos? I believe that's right. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember what score I picked. I picked <laughs> the, the Broncos. Do you remember the margin at least? A uh, couple points? Maybe by six because I didn't want a field goal game. <laughs> okay, right. I think this defense is going to be all over Derek Carr. Um, no Antonio Brown. Maybe that allows you to uh, send some other pressure. You can. I, I like Chris Harris one-on-one against any of these guys. Bryce Callahan, not so much because he's coming off an injury. Um, but I think Vic Fangio is going to be the key guy in this game. He is going to have some pressure calls, have some coverage calls that the Raiders aren't going to be able to adjust to. And my last point on this with Vic is Lewis Riddick from ESPN, who's doing the game for, for them on Monday night, says, hey, Vic Fangio can make your offense look anemic. He goes, he can embarrass you as an offensive play caller if you're not on top of it. So that's the respect that he uh, that Vic has around the league, and I think this is going to be the game where uh, you don't want to say steal, but this is the one where I think Vic is going to play a big part in getting that division road win. I will say that these Week One games can be deceiving at times. Broncos beat the Seahawks in Week One at home last season. Those are two teams that certainly end of the year with different trajectories. So a little bit of a grain of salt with what we see too, yeah, right? And, and I think that Seahawks game, Vaughn had three sacks. That's, I think that's going to be the kind of key tonight. Or tonight, I think I said in the paper, four sacks and two takeaways for the Bronco defense. Should be a fun one to watch. We will be here in Oakland giving you guys all the details live on Twitter. Of course, all of our postgame coverage you can find at denverpost.com where you can subscribe to this podcast. Check out all the other digital work we do. If you subscribe to the print product, get that thing e- uh, delivered, not emailed, delivered right to your front door every single day. And we will see you guys next time.